All right, praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to I Have Podcast number 21 with me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To all our returning listeners and for all those listening in for the first time, thank you for joining me and my guest for today, Co-Pastor Israel Mendoza of Apostolic Tabernacle Church in Stockton, California. We are here to testify that no matter where your life's journey has taken you, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and Jesus is doing works within his people. So listen, grow, as we share what God has done in the life of my guest today, Pastor Israel Mendoza. Pastor Mendoza, praise the Lord, and welcome, sir, to I Have Podcast. Praise the Lord, sir. How you, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well this day. Thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate your willingness to participate, Pastor. Uh, and, um, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, no problem. So, uh, Pastor Mendoza, uh, to not take too much of your time, I want to get into this conversation here and... And um, just find out, Pastor, where you found yourself in this, in this life before your walk with Christ actually started. What was your life experience before church or your own personal relationship with Christ? Well, I had the great privilege of uh, being raised in Apostolic Church. Uh, my father is Bishop Joe Mendoza. And so when I was born, uh, he was already pastoring. And uh, so I was in Sunday school, like at nine months old. And my whole life has been in church. I've been a church kid, and I count it a great uh, honor and a privilege of the Lord to find favor upon my life to be in a blessed environment from the beginning of time. Yes, what a great blessing, Pastor, to be able to, uh, you know, at an early age to experience, uh, you know, the presence of God and, and, and being in that type of atmosphere. Um but, but it does go with its own challenges, just like people that are out in the world, uh, just like people that are saved and grew up in church. What, what was that, though, Pastor, for you like, finding your own experience, finding your own uh, reason to say, you know what, I, I want to give my life to the Lord. I, I want to be able to serve God, in, uh, you know, have this personal relationship with God myself. Well, one of the things you find in uh, being raised in church is that it's very easy to conform and just get used to the tradition of being in church mm. going Friday and Sunday and Tuesday. That just becomes like a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, but then there comes a time in your life that all of a sudden God begins to draw you. And uh, the Lord began to draw me. I was about 12 years old and I felt the need to uh, be baptized in the precious name of Jesus. And uh, I remember I spoke to my father one day and uh, I got baptized on a Tuesday night mm -hmm. and I always count it or it seems funny because when we talk about it, everybody gets baptized on Sundays, yeah. but uh, somehow I was on Tuesday. But uh, during that time, it was a, a great call of God upon my life. Uh, I was always sensitive to the Lord. Mm. Even when I was a kid at six, seven years old, uh, I came from, uh, or I come from a very worshiping church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would always know when the presence of the Lord was there. And when I turned around 12 uh, the Lord began to draw me, mm. and uh, I knew I had to be baptized. So I got baptized in the precious name of Jesus, and I got the Holy Ghost not too long after that, and I began to serve the Lord uh, during that time. Mm. So 12 years young and, and serving God, filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, Pastor, what were some of the experiences growing up already, being saved in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost? Um, do, do you recall any um like as being as young as you were, any crossroads or any challenges that that were just kind of facing you as as you gave your life so young to the Lord? Well, there was you know times I did go to uh, a Christian school mm. uh, through my eighth grade, 
And then when I went to high school, I decided, I told my father, I want to go to a public school. Mm. And uh, Stockton, when I went, I'm going to a school on the south side. And uh, it was night and day from a Christian school <laughs> to straight, you know, gangs and drugs and guns and wow. everything. Um, but when we got there, you know, there was always a part of me that knew uh, that I was serving the Lord. Um, I wasn't one of these, you know, preaching at the lunchtime rallies <laughs> and, hey, I was just trying to fit in. Yeah. You know? And sometimes, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, hey, you need to go preach you know, at your schools and all that. But when I was growing up, I was like, hey, I don't want to be a weirdo. I just want to fit in and be like everybody else. And so during that time, you know, there were times that, you know, there was a little struggle there. But I think uh, in my uh, in my place, I knew that I belonged in the house of the Lord. So mm. that kept me all the time. And uh, eventually through those years, I was able to make it out. And uh, the Lord sustained me. And I thank God for that. Mm, amen. And um, going through your, um, your your teen years there in school after being bachelor, like you mentioned, at 12, um, and then being day and night, the, the experience that you were that you followed, and then finally being able to, to get out, you know, graduating and getting out. What, what was your calling like to the ministry after that? Was that, a, was that something that you inspired to, Pastor? Or was that something that, that uh, just came to you? What, what was that like for you personally? Well, personally, when I uh, look back, mm -hmm. I never wanted to be in the ministry, mm -hmm. uh, only because I had been around very good preachers. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather, uh, Brother Willie Mendoza, he just uh, passed on Sunday. Mm -hmm. He went to be with the Lord this past Sunday. And we thank God for his ministry and my father, uh, Bishop Mendoza, and all the preachers around me. But one thing I knew about those great men of God is that there is a price you have to pay for the anointing of God upon your life. Mm. And a lot of times we don't see that. And I realized that there was going to be a cost for it. So in my early age, I was fine not being a part of the ministry. <laughs> I was, you know, content just to go to church, mind my own business. Mm -hmm. You know, I won't talk about the devil. He don't talk about <laughs> me and we'll, we'll just live our lives that yeah. way, you know? And then, you know, it, little by little, you know, I got asked to teach a, Sunday school class, which was just a little, you know, a couple little kids. I began to, you know, teach there. And before you know it, I asked for a youth class and they had me there. Then I did a Tuesday night Bible study and then I got a preaching night. And before you knew it, I was in the ministry and it seemed like the doors changed mm. really quick. And as I began to progress in ministry, I knew all along that there was a call of God upon mm. my life for the ministry. And one thing I found out in I really try to impress it or speak to when I speak to young people is that whenever you have a call of God in your life, God will always find you. Mm. You, you will never have to promote yourself mm. or try to get your name out there. That's good. Because even, even in the word of God, you find David who was in the backside of a desert and the Lord found him. Mm -hmm. And every man of God that you find that God uses, he'll always find you. Mm. And, you know, you might not have the, big stage or, you know, whatever you're looking for. Yeah. But if God has a call upon your life, he's going to find you and he'll bring you out. Mm, yes. Oh, that's very true, Pastor. Very true. Uh, you know, you mentioned, and, and condolences, Pastor, on the passing of uh, Bishop Willie Mendoza, uh, your grandfather. Uh, and, and we're praying for you and your family uh, in that. And um, But how was that like, Pastor, knowing that, that lineage or those 
patriarchs before you, Pastor, you know, like you mentioned, your grandfather, Bishop William Mendoza, and, and your father, uh, Bishop Joe Mendoza. Was there a certain expectancy when you did show up to preach somewhere or when you were teaching or or when you were ministering? Was that kind of like, yeah, that's that's Pastor Mendoza's son, you know? What, what was that like for you? What, what was that experience like for you? Well, you know, when I started going out to preach and they would find out who I was <laughs> related to, uh, you know, it was there was pressure. I'm not going to lie. There was, <laughs> you know, pressure, um, especially, you know, being my father, when he would go minister, they would call him the preaching machine. <laughs> and he had all these nicknames. So when I got up there, they expect me to do the same thing he did, mm. you know. And uh, but I thank God, you know, he as far as my father in our ministry, mm -hmm. he let us develop our own style. Mm. Uh, we do have a lot of characteristics or even sometimes the way we preach. There are, you know, we emulate my father. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we were able to uh, expound in our own ministry. You know, we were able to find God for ourselves mm -hmm. and. Uh, and I counted a great honor and privilege. You know, my grandfather, he's gone to be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, he was one of the uh, great preachers, the apostolic doctrine. Mm -hmm. And I counted a great honor to carry on the heritage from my grandfather to mm -hmm. preach the apostolic message. Mm. Oh, that's great. It's just finding, finding yourself and, and finding that voice in, in, in Christ. And, and he'll, he'll give it to you for sure. He'll give it to you for sure. But um, even though you had this experience uh, being grown up in the church, pastor, and, and having this awesome, like we were mentioning, or I was mentioning earlier, lineage of, uh, of uh, you know, patriarchs in your life, your grandfather, your father. Um, was there ever uh, a time in your life that you felt in your ministry or your personal relationship with God where it was just kind of like a, a doubt or a distance or, or something in your ministry that, that just wasn't clicking? Like, you know, you had the calling, but something just wasn't clicking for you. Well, there was times, you know, in my early ministry, because when you start ministry, mm -hmm. especially when you're young, you preach a lot of stuff you don't know nothing about. Mm. You know, basically, you're just preaching what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And as far as experiences, you talk about faith or mm -hmm. anointing, you really don't know what you're talking about. You're just kind of telling stories that you heard. <laughs> and so what the Lord does is... He starts putting you through these experiences in your life mm. so that you can know him and the power of his resurrection. Mm. And so in this time, God starts taking you through things in your life. And the things that I dreaded that I heard people were going to go through, mm. eventually I found myself going through these things, which I knew was part of paying the price for the anointing mm. of God in your life. And so during these times, this is where God begins to mold you because, you know, it says that he is the potter and we are the clay yes. and he begins to take our life. And what he usually does is he breaks our lives until we have nothing else, but him. Mm. And, and when he breaks our lives and he takes everything around us away from us, the only thing that we have is God. Mm. And once we find out that he is our only source, then we begin to draw from him. Mm. And when we begin to draw from him, we begin to know him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden what seemed to be the worst thing in your life mm -hmm. becomes the best thing in your life because this is how you begin to know the Lord. Mm. And then he becomes real then more than you ever had before. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, man, that, that's, that's good, Pastor. That's really good. Uh, I remember you preaching. Um, I heard a preaching from you, sir. And uh, it was in regards to um, 
talking about going pain through your life. It, you were testifying about how there was a situation where something about your back, and and it was it was so excruciating the pain and 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 that you were going through. But uh, but has something to do with wait, it's not over yet, or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, can you share a little bit of that situation about the yeah. faithfulness of God during that time? Yeah, I had um, injured my back. It was. It seemed like it was. Uh, carrying a box, um, and it just kind of fell on me, and I kind of moved a certain way. Mm. Uh, in within about three or four weeks, my back began to go out, mm. where I was completely becoming bedridden, where I couldn't even get up to go to wow. work or get dressed. Uh, I ended up going to the hospital, and when I got to the hospital, they did X-rays and CT scan. And they let me know that I had a herniated disc mm. and I had a spinal stephanosis going through my legs, which was I was losing feeling in my leg. Oh, wow. And uh, when I got there, uh, the, I remember the doctor came and began to talk to me and everything he told me was of no good. Mm. You know, he told me that I would never walk again correctly, that I would be uh, most likely I was going to die a young man. This oh, is going wow. back some 10 years. And so everything that he told me about, uh, what I didn't really want to hear was mm-hmm. what he was telling me. And so when I got out of the hospital, I, I came back home and I was pretty much using a walker. Mm-hmm. And um, But during that time, God began to do a work inside of me mm-hmm. because this is how God uses faith for your faith to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times God puts us in these situations so that we can exercise our faith mm-hmm. and to build our faith. And so one year, uh, that, a few months later, we had our preaching conference. And I remember we were on the stage and Bishop Roman was there. Mm-hmm. And actually that, that service, I preached with a walker. Oh. And uh, the title was, Wait Till You See Me Again. Yes, that's what it that's was. What it was. Yes. And um, so when I preached, I mean, I preached in pain. I preached, mm. you know, uh, with my future uncertainty. But one thing I knew is I had to exercise my faith mm. and I had to believe that God is a healer and that he will provide what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, that night, I believe one of the nights, uh, Bishop Romo and the preachers began to pray over me and Bishop Romo gave me a word and he began to tell me that there are certain miracles that the Lord does. Mm-hmm. Some he are done instantly and some it's a gradual thing that mm-hmm. every day you'll get better. And he, he declared over me that every day that I wake up, that God was going to do a work in my life mm-hmm. concerning my back. And before you know it, within about maybe about three or four weeks, I was back to normal. Uh, I haven't had issues since then. And I've seen the hand of God, you know, in healing of my body. And so this has uh, done a great work in my life because I've seen the hand of God for myself. And I know what it is for God to heal. Mm. And so when I go and minister or whatever, uh, this is something I can preach about because it happened to me. Mm. You know, and that is the goodness of the Lord. Yes, yes, amen. And and Pastor, you mentioned it was at a conference. Was that at your um, the the conference you hold there in Stockton, the um, the Midnight Cry conference? Correct. Okay. Can you share a little bit more about that, Pastor? Like, uh, I, I mentioned that because I've seen, uh, and if you want to mention this too, also, but I've seen that. Um, I think they're going to be out here in Arizona also with that. Correct. Comp- yeah. So share share how that started, if you don't mind, and and how that's going, and then the one in Arizona. Right. Yeah, we started way back. Um, I think it's maybe been around. 20 years ago, actually, mm. uh, we started doing a preaching conference oh. under Bishop uh, Julian Aguirre, and we were having it at our church, and um, we started this preaching conference 
uh, similar and the same thing as End Time in Union mm. City. And we started one uh, there in Stockton um, as uh, when Bishop McGarry went to be on the Lord with the Lord. Uh, my father was bishop after and we continue to have the conference. Mm. It's the second week of every October. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we begin to grow, uh, we would bring in all, all the preachers and every conference takes takes its own kind of style of mm-hmm. conference. You know, you go to some that's teaching mm-hmm. um, some or more, you know, um, different, you know, different ways. But the conference that we have there in Stockton, it's kind of like an old apostolic camp meeting. I mean, <laughs> you know, the worship is, you know, uh going through the roof where you actually have to tell people to calm down, let the <laughs> preachers preach. And uh, there is a great anointing in that place. Mm. And one of the uh, blessings that we have is a lot of the men's programs, uh, Pastor Cornejo, Pastor Perez, mm. um, their lifeline programs, Pastor, um, uh, they're in uh, Arizona, Pastor Duarte, mm-hmm. and uh, also they're a family life center. They bring their men down. Mm. So usually during our preaching conference, we'll have about a hundred or a little bit more, uh, including the men from our program that mm-hmm. will be there. And these are all men that God has brought into the Lifeline programs. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, it's an awesome um, conference. Mm-hmm. And we've all had, you know, all of the preachers and uh, it's been a blessing. Uh, Pastor Duarte is a good friend of ours there in um, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so uh, actually this week we're getting ready to go up there mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be there uh, at his church for three days. And um, my uh, father will be preaching, and my brother Moses and myself will be preaching. Our choir is going up, and it's a good time we have up there in Arizona. Wow. So, oh, I'm going to see if I can make it out there. And, and I believe it's, uh, in, it's in Youngstown, Arizona. Correct. Cur- Youngstown. Yes, yeah. Correct. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. It's right in, I mean, it's a couple hour drive, but the, it, it'll be worth it in Jesus' yeah. name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pastor. So, um, Pastor, kind of moving on a little bit, if you could consider or thank God for a person's, uh, person or persons in your faith uh, journey, um, who, who would you consider and, and why? Um, there's been a lot of great men um, that have inspired me. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my grandfather, uh, Bishop Romo, uh, Bishop Aguirre, Bishop Hoyer, a lot of mm. pastors that I've had the chance to actually know mm-hmm. um what i've always admired about them has been the anointing of the lord mm. upon their life um and they've all been a great blessing to me uh but i think the one that i admire the most and if it's most likely it's going to be biased <laughs> but it's my father um only because i've i've seen him his life because mm-hmm. i've lived with him for many years and i've seen his dedication to prayer mm. and to the word of god and to the anointing of God that he has upon his life. Mm. And when I seen God move in his life, I would see him preach. And I mean, my father can, he sometimes goes, especially in our local congregation, he can go and just preach the title and the scripture and the whole service is done. I mean, the place <laughs> is glory of God. And I've been with him, you know, where there's been, 25 people i've been with him when there's 800 people Mm. to a thousand and he preaches the same it's Mm. not you know it's not about numbers and everything that i admire about him is that whenever he walks in god comes in with Mm. him and that's one thing that i've always uh prayed upon my ministry Mm -hmm. and when i seen uh what he has i think that's what drives me 
because there's always got to be somebody that has something that you want. Mm. And when I see how God moves in his life, this is something that I'm chasing after. Mm. You know, he always he always tells the church here, he goes, my boys are trying to catch me. <laughs> he's, uh, but he's like, they ain't going to catch me. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's my goal in life. Yeah. You know, to see the hand of God move in my life. And I thank God that uh, God has blessed my ministry, you know, and. I mean, everything comes with a price, yeah. but God is always faithful to his word. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And I think that's that's every father's dream. I mean, I, I'll tease my son about, you know, hey, son, you're not taller than me yet. You know, right. just something about where I can get an edge on him. But ultimately, <laughs> in my heart, in my mind, I just know that, son, I'm just praying for you to, to outdo me, you know, in everything, you know, okay. spiritually, edu- whatever it is, because you just want that blessing to be on their lives for sure. Right. Um, Pastor, what are some some of your expectations in your personal ministry for your church uh, for 2018? What are some things that you're looking forward to? What are some things that are kind of in the works for you, Pastor? Well, this year we are, every year we do a theme at our church. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year we've entitled it the Year of the Church. Mm -hmm. And we believe that God wants to do a great revival, not only in our church, but throughout all the churches, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as signs and wonders and miracles. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the way that we're going to get this is that every church or whoever is out there, there has to be a hunger for God. Mm. There has to be a desperation that you want to see the hand of God move for Mm. yourself, for your family, for your local congregation, for your community. And the only thing that brings God in such a powerful way is the power of prayer, mm-hmm. intercessory prayer, and seeking God and being hungry for God. Yeah. And whenever we get away from these things, we don't ever see the fulfillment of God mm-hmm. and what God can do. But the moment that the church gets hungry and desperate for God's move in his life, God will always show up. Mm-hmm. But it always depends upon God's people. Yeah. If, if we do nothing, then God does nothing. Mm. And if we do everything we can, we'll see the hand of God move. And I mm. believe God wants to do great things amongst his people, uh, especially amongst the apostolic people. Mm. But it all depends upon how hungry you are for God to move in our lives. Yes. Well, especially in these times and in these days, you know, as we're getting closer yep. to yeah, the coming of the Lord, there needs to be a greater hunger, like you're mentioning, Pastor, because... That that's that's just something we we definitely need to see here in this in this world, for sure. The blessings and 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 the just just the move of God, right. Pastor. That that kind of brings me to a question that I just thought of right now. If 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 I can, if I if I may ask, but Pastor, since you've been involved in in this uh, in you know in church and the apostolic assembly for so long, and you were mentioning that now there's got to be a greater hunger. Do you see it different from when you were starting off to what it is today? Like, as the world continues just to get closer to those end times, you know, the church should be doing or feeling right now. Well, you know, in my in my personal opinion, yes, yeah, I I believe we left a whole lot of things that was working for us. Mm. When I look back, when I was a young kid mm-hmm. growing up in church, God was everything. Yeah. If you didn't have food, you prayed and God would supply food. Mm. If you needed a healing in your body, you prayed and God would heal your body. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like God was a center of everything that we did, Mm -hmm. you know, from our cats getting sick or, (laughs) you know, you needed a pay raise, (laughs) you needed 
gas in your car. You needed God to heal. You wanted your next door neighbor to be saved. Yeah. All of these things that we wanted back then, mm-hmm. God would do instantly mm. because I believe all we knew about was prayer. Mm. We knew about worship. We knew to go to go to church and we were going to have and just give God everything. Yeah. And it seems like as we've gotten older, mm-hmm. we've kind of gotten away from this. Mm. And now we've got better jobs. We're a little more educated mm-hmm. now. Uh, we we look at those things now and we kind of look at them like, well, maybe, you know, they weren't as important as we thought no. they were. But yet those things were was what drew, what drew God to us. Yes, yes. You know, and I think what we're really lacking in this last hour is that we're talking a whole lot of talk, mm. but we're not actually doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that is to touch heaven and to shake heaven mm. until God does something great amongst us. Oh, yes. In Jesus name, pastor, in Jesus name. Um, pastor, if someone listening today uh, and hearing your voice, whether Christian or not, if, if they should kind of start their own relationship with God or continue in this walk with the Lord, what would your counsel or your advice be to them this evening? The, the one thing that I found even for my life mm-hmm. was that whenever you get hungry for God mm-hmm. and you really want God, you're going to do everything you can in your power mm. to have him come and fill your life mm. where he is the source of everything you need. Because if you can get God to come into your life in a powerful way, He'll take care of everything you need. Mm. He'll, he'll take care of your finances. He'll take care of your health. He'll take care of your dreams, everything, your family, everything that you need. If you can get a hold of him and make him the primary resource mm. of your life. And, and that's why it's important to pray and mm. to seek God so that he becomes everything to you. And once he becomes everything to you, God will do amazing things in your life. Mm. You know, God will amaze you and bless you to things you could never imagine in mm-hmm. your ministry and your children's lives, you know, in your church. And it all comes down to is your walk with God. Mm-hmm. And I re I remember uh, when one day I sat with my grandfather as we were, I was driving him back to the hotel from a conference mm-hmm. and I was wanted to know what was the greatest uh, thing that I could do in my life to get God to move in my life or mm-hmm. my ministry or to affect everything. And I always remember my grandfather told me, son, fall in love with Jesus. Mm. And if you fall in love with Jesus, you'll do everything you can. And in return, he'll give you the life you're looking for. Wow. Wow. Uh, Those words were true then, and and I think they're really true and powerful today, Pastor. Uh, Well, Pastor, I really, again, would just want to appreciate your time and your availability and again, our condolences go out to you and the Mendoza family uh, for a loss of this great man of God. And um, Pastor, anytime you're out here in Tucson, Arizona, please, you're, <laughs> you can drop on by. Pastor, you are welcome here. Uh, and, uh, and again, I just want to appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Sounds good, bro. God uh, bless you. God bless you. As we conclude our podcast for today, my prayer is that you have been blessed by what you have heard. If you are interested in learning more about this podcast and our other social media content or would like to listen to previous sessions, please search for us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, and YouTube under I Have Podcasts. 
You can also hear replays of iHat podcast interviews on the Fountain Internet Radio on Mondays. If you would like to be a blessing by contributing to this podcast ministry, you can visit uh, iHat Podcast GoFundMe page where you can leave a donation. Till next time, Lord willing, God bless you.